Hi, I'm Jonathan Vanke. And I'm Lucas van Furen. And this is the Resource Cast. Okay, you do, do the, tell me, how do I start it? I think you should just start talking. Wow, that's deep. Hi guys, this is John Vanke speaking, and welcome to the Resource Cast. That idiot you've just listened to is Lucas van Furen. Still Hi. alive, two years later. Just just alive and kicking. Just hanging still in there. Still, still the cohort. <laughs> yeah. Still another voice <laughs> on the end of the call. Life clings to me like a tick. <laughs> you cling to life like a tick. <laughs> right. Well, uh, so it's been a year since we've done a resource cast episode, and this is just a quick intro to upfront the conversation we had with uh, Tessa Kleinfeld, who's the admin of uh, the resource and the resource creative forum. Uh, but before we get into that, how you been, bro? Not too bad. Hustling, busy December, busy all that stuff. For some reason, decided to work through December and Christmas, and and it worked out. So, because January apparently has fifty days in it, and it, <laughs> yeah, the longest month ever. Yeah. Absolutely. We uh, hope that everyone out there has been well in the intervening year, and that uh, your January is going to be a great one because it's twenty twenty two and fuck twenty twenty one. Let's move on. I'm hoping that business comes your way this year. To that end, we are. We'd have a little conversation. We actually just recorded it with Tessa, and she talks a little bit about community management and community building, but also about where the resource is going. And I think there's a few tips in there for anyone who needs to to build a community on behalf of someone else or for themselves. I'm sure there's a lot more YouTubers, podcasters, NFT creators out there who who need to build their own community. Very insightful. There was a really some fun stuff happening there. The mentorship program being one of them, and then also mm-hmm. John has started a thing. A thing. Yes, this is the space for the ad. Uh, if you are into podcasting in any way, whether you uh, you make them, whether you want to make them, whether you want to, you've got one and you want to monetize them. Uh, I have started the Podcasting Guild of South Africa. It's a Facebook group uh, in a similar vein to the resource, and really, it's based on there not being a group for South African podcasters on Facebook. So please join. I've posted a bunch of resources and and guides for varying levels of experience with podcasting. And I'll put more up there as we go. Let's have some conversations about how we can make podcasting more popular in South Africa, how we can take it to new people, bring new voices into into the South African media world. Because it's an amazing channel. It's an amazing art and craft. And it's huge. You look to America and it's just massively well-developed it's growing very quickly and in south africa we need to do that catch-up and we will catch up anyway it's kind of inevitable it's growing very quickly already but how can we make it go even faster i think if we talk to each other learn from each other and collaborate so yeah join the podcasting guild of south africa if you want to talk about podcasting and that's uh that's the ad i guess that's the ad and now to the talk Mm. yeah exciting stuff please enjoy this conversation with tessa kleinfeld Welcome back to the Resource Cast. It's been almost exactly a year since we last did an episode of the Resource Cast. It's been a busy, busy one. 2021 was obviously a bit of a challenge. And today we are talking to Tessa Kleinfeld, who was also our very first guest at the beginning of the Resource Cast. And she is the admin, owner, Grand High Pumba of the Resource Facebook group and also the Resource Creative Forum. And we are having her on today in the early stages of 2022 to talk a little bit about uh, how the last year has been treating her, how it's been treating the resource, where the resource is going. And then more broadly, we want to speak a little bit about community management because I think a lot of brands, a lot of uh, people who are starting things, YouTubers, anyone who's starting to create content on their own bats, possibly due to COVID has dealt with this problem of how do I create a community? How do I engage with people? How do I build something? So uh, yeah, without further ado, Tessa, thanks so much for being on the show again. Thank you for having me. How have you been? How's uh, Let's talk about 2021 first. How did that treat you? Oh, yeah. Um, well, lots of, you know, exciting, not exciting things happening, of course, with the, with the COVID pandemic. It's been pretty hard having to cancel like international travel plans and, you know, all the frequent isolating. But actually the pandemic years, as I'm calling them now, have been very good for business. So focus has mostly been on work in the absence of being able to do anything else. Also traveling a lot locally, which has been nice, which, you know, seeing as we can't travel abroad. So that's been great. Yeah. But yeah, mainly work, work, work. 
you know. Was the international plans work-wise or was it personal? Personal, we were going to go to Portugal and then we actually were planning on going just after we'd last spoken in like 20, when was it? 2020. We haven't spoken in a long time. Was it the last recording? Um, And yeah, I had to cancel everything and it was tragic and we thought oh this thing is just going to be like a year and like everybody else so yeah that was unfortunate yeah yeah is it just me or is that does this year at least i don't know i i went into december going this is we can't keep this up anymore this has got to stop and i had this kind of positive negative moment where i went like fuck that people must get so bored with this now that they must be cutful and they'll just get, keep working even if you put in mandates and everything people just go whatever i'm just gonna move on yeah it's like stepping over the bodies in the blitz you know? <laughs> yeah we've definitely got to the point of like if we die we die <laughs> kind of yes, feels like absolutely i've decided this year i'm traveling come hell or high water so that's happening yeah i've been working myself to death for the last two years and i need a reward i've, I've heard of people saying like they've been burnt out after the pandemic it's like you'd think it'd be well, we're at home chilling says, no, we burnt out. yeah yeah it's, it's yeah i think definitely one of the aspects of 2021 that surprised me was that the the scope creep of the workday actually increased like you ended up the the blur the lines between work and, and personal life blurred even further ended up answering messages and emails late at night and on weekends and it, it actually got to a point where i i'd never burn out but i had a moment where i was like this is insane i need to put some rules in place and I think the last time, the first time we spoke to Tessa, she talked about a system she used called the 50 or something like that. It was pretty similar to the, the Pomodoro technique where you do 25 minutes and then you take five minutes off and then 25 minutes or whatever it might be. Yes. And with the key thing being that you turn off, you know, emails or phones off all that stuff. And uh, yeah, this 2022, I'm trying hard to stick to that because it, it keeps creeping up, you know. You keep checking your phone just one more time and then eventually you, you don't have a personal life. Yeah. Was there a sense in the res- in the feedback from the resource from the from the community that, that there was also this kind of, we're just grafting, we're just grafting? Because I saw loads of notices come up, lots of like uh, interaction happening. But I, I wasn't sure what the, what, how, what the temperature was. Hmm. Yes, no, absolutely. I, I think it's, it's mainly been, it hasn't affected freelancers as much because obviously we've got our own systems in place with dealing with expectations from clients. But considering everybody else started working from home and they haven't been used to that type of model, I think a lot of bosses were apprehensive about like, are these people actually working when they're at home? So there's been lots of almost micromanagement happening of employees and um, which is tiring in itself because you sitting at home, not just trying to get your work done and kind of adjusting to this new way of interacting with your colleagues, you now don't have as much real social interaction, which is mentally straining. You've got to have kids often around, you know, making a noise and needing attention. So you have to divide yourself between um, them and, and your work. So it's, yeah, it's it's just it's just very challenging. Like everybody had to kind of teach themselves how to be freelancers or remote workers, like mm. in a very short span of time. Yeah. So that has been challenging. I think that people by now people are kind of you know better at it, and I think that employers are trusting their their employees more because they see that this can actually work and this can actually save them money, and hopefully those kind of savings on office space and everything have been transferred to employees. Instead of, um, you know, I don't know if that actually happens, but I'm quite cynical, cynical about that one. I think when there's take advantage of a catastrophe, you know, um, yeah. And make- yeah. Well, to be also, I mean, business owners will have in most industries will have lost some income, you know, bookings canceled and clients that have gone under and all kinds of stuff. So there is a case to be made for, you know, that that cash saved on office space is being used to keep the business going. But yeah, hopefully there is a little bit of transfer going but on. But I must admit, what I noticed was the the, 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 the quorum has changed um, on, on, on meetings, in big meetings. I've sat in, I saw, we sat, sat in big pitches with big brands and mummy, 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 you know, running into, the, it's like, you remember yeah. that BBC oh, yeah. um, uh, uh, correspondent where the kids ran in? That was happening every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was kind of like yeah. everybody became very uh, kind of understanding. They didn't go like, hey, get rid of your kids. Mm. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah, absolutely. I've been on a con call where the guy briefing us was 
um, taking care of his three-month-old baby and trying to get it to stop screaming and and feeding the baby and all that kind of thing. And everyone else was just like, cool, when you're ready. Everyone kind of understands, I hope. We're, we're all in it together. Yeah. Everybody is dealing with the same challenges, whether you're a, a CEO or, you know, just a low-level employee. It's just, I mean, we've all gotten used to listening to customer service calls with babies crying in the background and, you know, ambient noise of a shopping mm. center or whatever the case. It's just I, kind I, of become part yeah. and parcel of what we're dealing with. I started playing this mental game of Cluedo or Clue in my head, not Cluedo as in a murder, but like I look at the back at people's backgrounds of their houses and I start like, you know, like you, you like snooping around. Like you go like, what do they read? What is their art? What is their taste? Yeah. It's this weird thing. Like I, I was always distracted by the backgrounds because, and also in any meeting, you kind of, riff you know like you riff off stuff so when if you meet someone for the first time it was a great icebreaker to go okay explain that piece to me what is that what is, what is it? so i kind of it, it became quite handy i think there's definitely something to be said for a purposeful kind of an offering where you kind of style the person's zoom background for for con calls and all that um you know like what have you yeah. got to put on the wall maybe a, a business opportunity for me I design Zoom background. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a request that I had to do. Um, not necessary, but you know those fake ones, the, the three D, yeah, yeah, the um, green screen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Green screened ones. Yeah. yeah, I had to do a few, a few of those. <laughs> so that's i mean those are all kind of like relatable things that we're all sharing and i think that even outside of the, the business world at least zoom family gatherings and parties are finally over i mean people are like that that grew oh, very very quickly but what have you seen in terms of the resource itself what kind of trends did you see in 2021 you know maybe in the beginning of the year it was also different to the end of the year as we go into 2022 did you i, I see any kind of trends emerging? We know that the local economy was like really badly hit by the pandemic and we're still, you know, hopefully trying to recover from that. And sadly, last year we hit highest unemployment rate in the world at 34.9%. I mean, does that include war-torn areas? And It includes everybody. And we've got a youth unemployment rate of about 64%, which is really dire. Yeah. So, you know, it, the trends along that have really kind of shown up in terms of budgets and salary offerings not really haven't shown any growth since 2020, mm. which, you know, is not surprising considering that companies, you know, haven't really fully recovered yet. Um, also, apart from that, we've seen a lot of um, kind of trending towards the digital space, which has started kind of before the pandemic already, but now... I think people were really focusing on bolstering their online presence because of closures of brick and mortar stores and people not being able to go out because of, you know, lockdowns. So digital marketing, social media, SEO, e-commerce, web development. Mm. Um, and, you know, so it's been very important for them to create an online kind of store, online presence. Right. Um, there's also been a massive uptick in hybrid or kind of generalist roles uh, in these fields, particularly. So this could be due to clients not being able to afford you know, hiring individual specialists um, in those fields. Hmm. Or, you know, I was thinking the other day, I think it's possible that we haven't really fully defined the role of content creators in the professional landscape yet. So, you know, with the advent of TikTok and the increasing number of influencers and YouTube personalities and um these industries are kind of entering the market um, through a melting pot of kind of self-taught skills. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that could be an entirely different podcast episode, just talking sure. about these people who haven't actually formally trained, but kind of find a little gap in the market and have so learned like all these valuable skills, like little bits of everything, you know, sure. content, creating written content, video editing, um, You're looking at you know, all these different the guy holding the mic is one of them. Yeah. For so, people so listening, that's like, me. I think that there's this, <laughs> they wrestle at the moment. Like the guys are trying to hire people in these avenues. And for me, there's this weird kind of thing happening where you've already got all these qualified copywriters and videographers and people who actually specialize in all these skills. And then you get these other guys who are just coming from left field. 
who are kind of a jack of all trades because they've had to learn how to be able to do all these things for themselves. Mm. And finding a way of kind of separating and defining those people for these different roles without upsetting the kind of old school guys yeah. is a kind of an interesting thing that's happening. Like there's a lot of contention around, you know, what is the right, you know, type of uh, remuneration for these people like because you see the guys going in who are actually qualified videographers you're like how can you expect somebody who can do videography also to be a a copywriter and also have all these social media management skills Hmm. so so there's been a lot of like kind of like tension around that subject particularly um on on the resource um and i think it'll probably hopefully resolve itself you know with time you know these people will find this the little gap somewhere. Sure, that's a it's a fascinating insight. Um, Luke, what are your thoughts on that? the The idea of the specialist versus the generalist, the skill stacking. Where if I'm a copywriter, look, I'm adding, for example, I've added podcasting to that resume, so now there's, there's like a stack there. But the lack of formal training, you're coming into somewhere like the resource where there's a, a client is asking, I need a copywriter, you know, with X experience or whatever it is. And then there's a generalist who says, well, I can write that, but I don't have four years in an agency or whatever it might be. It's quite a confusing landscape. Um, I kind of enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when, we, when, I, when I was kind of at the agency, we looked for those generalists. I loved finding a videographer, art director, mm. the slashies. We loved it. Um, <laughs> they were super useful done. in all. Done. Um, I, I'd like, and I, and I, we hired a lot of them. Um, and some of the guys just decided they didn't want to do that type of thing. They would want to specialize and just be a mm-hmm. videographer or whatever. But I, the, my feeling is that there will always be an ebb and flow and I, it's just new competition. Um, it's new people, that, new, new kids on the block and the generalists will win on budget, but not necessarily quality. So it depends on what you're doing. If you're doing a thing for Johnny Walker and it's just a quick social media thing and it's it's, it's not going to be a full-on documentary on how they make the stuff, um, I think it's horses for courses. If they're, mm. Sorry to throw all the platitudes out. But the, the it's not going to go away. I think if you're a videographer and go, how do you expect it to be a copywriter? Says, and that's not the job that you should be applying for. Well, that's, this is yeah. just not going to be your bag. Mm. But then hunt, hunt and uh, we'll go fish in a different pond. Like I look at John, John is, John, John, Liz is coming out of like a, a traditional ad guy is doing podcasting and teaching himself what all about the equipment and the editing stuff and all and how to do this all in during uh, lockdown. Um, and I look at my, I've, 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 I'm editing movies together now, doing animation in After Effects, whereas I was a creative director. Um, that you would point and say, make that prettier. I don't like that font. I don't like that color. So uh, I think it's adapt or die. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Was that a long, uh, was, that, so that was a long answer to a, a very sh- stupid, uh, well, very, like I think it's way more complicated, but yeah. I, I, it is a say, very complicated yeah. topic, I think. Definitely worth an episode where we say, you know, the old guard or the specialist versus the generalist, new wave versus old wave education. Is it worth going to something like AAA or Vega versus educating yourself? Definitely worth an episode itself. I I almost find like when we say old guard, it sounds like the old school guys. And I I think it's a mentality because I'm seeing old wood makers, you know, like woodworkers um, making their own YouTube channels and making stuff. Totally. It's it's completely mentality. It's not like it's a mentality. Mm. It's like they're going like, we're now influencing. Yeah, yeah. And I'll teach you how to do my old thing. So, um, yeah, I I definitely think it's new new thinking versus old old thinking. I think that's, I don't know why, old school sounds like an old guy. Yeah, and it also, it sounds slightly, it's, you know, I don't mean it to be derogatory or anything like that. I, I definitely went through a phase where, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to be the writer with the fountain pen and I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to be really great at that. And then after a while, I thought like, ah, the world's moving on and, and um, just being a writer seems harder and harder in, a, in an industry that wants you know more skills and all that kind of thing. Tessa, what have you, in the last couple of years, have you picked up, um, besides yet more experience in running a, a community, have you picked up any fantastic new skills? Um, no, you know what, I'm I'm one of those, I am one of those old school people because Mm. I, you know, I think in your career, you naturally either gravitate towards somebody who enjoys doing a multitude of different things 
or you decide to really just hone in on a on a specialization and in i'm lucky in the sense that in my industry because i'm a print designer Mm -hmm. i have no interest in doing any digital work i'm not a web designer i'm not into social media I'm a print designer and I focus on packaging and that's a specialization that is becoming increasingly rare. Mm -hmm. Like people are not not working in print design that often anymore. Sure. So there's a need for it and it's something that I focus on. So all my kind of teaching myself was focuses on and how can I improve my, my, my brand uh, process, branding process and packaging process. And I learned from, um, you know, look on YouTube at different uh, companies that offer, you know, talks and see how businesses are doing it differently. But I don't specifically go out and learn. I mean, nothing really that relates to my business. A lot of it's like around creativity. I really love Domestica. So I love learning little like random things like uh, how to make, uh, ceramic tiles, decorative ceramic tiles, and all that stuff kind of fills your well, sure, you know, absolutely. as a creative. So I focus more on that kind of thing. Um, and I like working with specialists. So when I hire, when I need somebody to do something that I'm not able to do, I hire a specialist to do that because I believe that's the way for my business. Yeah. But, um, yeah. There's a... So no, I haven't really tried to gain any more skills. Yeah. In, term, in terms of the resource, when people are looking at applicants for a job, I mean, if they can divide the applicants into specialists and generalists, there's like a weird brand nostalgia for the specialist. And yet there's also the, the cost benefit of, oh, I can get a videographer who can also write my social media copy or whatever it might be. Like there must be a kind of like a, a tussle in the minds of the people who are recruiting. Which direction do you go? Yes. You know? Yeah, it's hard. Like it, it being more specific of, of, about the task that's required, I think is important because, um, you know, a lot of the time I see a post like that where somebody's, you know, it seems like they're asking for too much and people love throwing the term unicorn around. Mm. And I just see those posts as, gen- as generalists and you kind of get a sense from the employer that they're really not looking for somebody who's a brain scientist. You know, they're looking for a brain surgeon they're looking for somebody who um can do a little bit of everything because they're a small business or they just need something simple like when they say should be able to do design they mention things like canva no that's not really a designer mm. a classic you know you're not a designer if you design on canva <laughs> lucas is you pumping can, his fist you in can the air. use canva <laughs> you can use canva you're not a designer but i mean it, it is a kind of a loose design for a small client that is designed sure and they, am i allowed to hate am i allowed to hate on this podcast you 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 are more than welcome to hate canva i mean i've got a love-hate relationship with canva it makes it easier for me to deal with some clients on things that i don't like doing like creating social media templates and that kind of stuff and then they can kind of go and run with it later on yeah but you know, it's, it's different needs for different people, just like you mentioned before, Lucas. It's not, it's like, are you creating a, a campaign that's going to fly internationally on, you know, every television network? Or are you just, you know, creating some content quickly for a brand that needs to span a lot of different um, kind of platforms? Hmm. Oh, you kept a level ahead there because I was going to hate Okay, go ahead. Head. No, no, go ahead. Me and John have this thing. This, me and John have this whole thing. He says, oh, look what I made in Canva. And then we can have a we just... can have a whole other episode about Canva hate, like just yeah. for you. I'm writing all these <laughs> down. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I always. I, I think you're right. It, it it has its uses, and it yeah. what I find that what's interesting when I went through it is like I can see that people stand back and they go like, I made this, I made this yeah. nice thing, because, but you made that, and a thousand other people made the same thing. Yeah. So go for it. You can design on Canva from scratch. Like it is a design program. You can use it as a design program. Like mm. it's very useful for designers. But um, yeah, what I meant is that you being able to use Canva does not make you a designer. Sure. Like you are. Yeah. yeah so having a bike doesn't make you a cyclist. There's a difference. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving off Canva then for a second, yeah. um, forever. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, okay, so, so I think the last time we talked, the resource was sitting on about 18,000 members, and I think the forum was on about three, and now you're looking at 22.3 thousand in the main group and 3.7 in the forum. Um, has yeah. the, how has the, the growth been over the last year? Are you happy with it? Are you still focusing on keeping the quality and everyone has to answer the questions and all that stuff? Oh, yeah. No, the, the focus has always been on... 
um, you know, kind of really controlling the the direction of the group. I mean, we, you, there are groups like, for instance, I know a guy, which is mm. public and anybody can join and literally post about anything. The resources purpose was always to try and curate good employers that pay good money. Mm. Um, we try to do that as much as we possibly can. And that means we have to make sure that as, as much as we can, that these employers are like real people who are actually going to pay people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we try and bet them like a little bit. And the same for the candidates. Like we can't attract a good clients if we don't make sure that the candidates meet like a basic criteria. So they, we still vet quite a lot. And it's almost like a... I suppose like a little bit of a comprehension and screening test right from the beginning. Yeah. Because if somebody, you know, makes an effort to make, to answer all the questions, even though they're really simple, um, that already tells me someone is really engaged with the group. If people just come in and they go, yes, 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 then already I know, you know, the quality is not there in terms of, you know, really wanting to engage actively in the group. So that helps us make sure that the community is is um involved and active and it's very we've got a really high um engagement on the group yeah uh, which i think is only possible because we've got people who really make an effort to join and really want to engage with the community yeah absolutely i mean looking yeah. here at your uh, the about on the on the group on the resource group you there were there's 16 new posts a day and there were 567 posts in the last month now as i understand it um, you and your fellow admins check all of these posts before they go out. Yeah, admin, singular. All right, you and your other My admin. My lovely right-hand woman, <laughs> right. uh, Kaylee V. Leverton, who I couldn't do anything without. Like, she's, like, literally saved me from throwing myself off a cliff. Right. Um, and I believe you've got yeah. Evolt Horn hoping, uh, helping out in the forum. Yevolt uh, is like the the heart of the forum for us. Yeah, and I couldn't, like, he just took so much off my plate, kind of really... Uh, jumping in there and he's such a fantastic mentor to everybody like always eager to help which is amazing yeah i mean but it's it's a ludicrous amount of work if you look at those numbers someone running an, a little agency for themselves having a life and all that kind of thing it's crazy so i guess my question is um like is the resource i know that last year you were looking at possible ways to to monetize it to to get something back out of it i mean obviously you get emotional things back but let's be honest with that much work going in you do want to get something out and i see that you now do have kind of sponsored posts for jobs is, is that the strategy yes um so the the challenge is always like you know how it is like your own brand always takes a back seat so this is not even my main source of income. Mm. So it really takes the back seat in terms of planning for the future. But um, yes, the sponsored post options do kind of bring in a little bit of cash and also help some people with like maybe more challenging jobs that they want to fill that uh, we post on their behalf. Um, and we've also started working, I mean, obviously we chatted to you guys about all this the the kind of media kit we put together right. uh, last year mm -hmm. with some more kind of exploring more options on how we can really maximize uh, monetization for the group mainly because we obviously want to make this sustainable we don't want the group to eventually fizzle out because you know all of us become uh, resentful that mm. it's just too much work and we can't maintain it and it does so much good for for everybody that i really want to make sure that you know it works for everyone involved so we are meeting soon uh, to talk about more options in terms of monetization. And Facebook is also making things a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. um, they've now started rolling out um, monetization tools similar to what they offer for pages. Right. So um, it, it's really difficult to find out information about it because they now with the advent of changing everything to Meta, they've change the names of all their tools. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's I was looking like at the suite like, today. It's so confusing. Uh, where's Wally yeah. trying to, to find the information online? But it sounds like, yeah, the tools will be very similar to page monetization tools, which currently are kind of tied to how good an influencer you are, really. It's a, the, the, you know, the amount of page likes and how much engagement you get on posts. So groups will likely have similar requirements in terms of size and also engagement to be able to use these monetization tools. Because mm -hmm. they obviously don't want to waste their time on people who aren't going to attract the big brands because they 
likely trying to find brands to match with these groups and offer kind of monetization, like brand collaboration and that type of thing. But as with anything in Facebook, it takes forever to roll out everywhere. So they're trialing different things at the moment. They're only really offering monetization tools to public groups, but they have mentioned that they're looking into private um, and closed groups as well. That's which, a bit strange, uh, isn't it? The public is going first? It's not. Uh, public groups mean the posts are public to everyone on Facebook. So obviously it would be oh, mean so more, a greater more reach. impressions. Yeah. So I can understand right. that uh, that Facebook would do that. Um, unfortunately, it makes it really difficult for groups who have are existing and have always been private or closed because you can't change your group setting from closed to public because it would obviously violate the trust and privacy that people, you know, join the group for. Sure. Um, so, you know, it, it's, a, it's an ever-evolving kind of landscape of Facebook offerings. So we'll see where that kind of takes us. Because um, no, you can imagine the high value yeah. of certain groups. Like, well, exactly. That's what seems yeah. backwards. Brokerage closed groups, you know, think of like, Everybody yeah. at Investec, um, even like it, even even the resource. We're all in the market for a very good computer. You know, it's like there's high yeah. value there. Yeah. So absolutely, yeah. and it's it that's the, the Facebook strategy is as many people as you can, as many impressions as you can, show it to all the people you can. But the value is far more for me in the private groups where you can target stuff and there's you've got an interested audience and they're more engaged. Absolutely. Hopefully, they'll see that after some time. Well, at the moment, um, it just means that closed groups, you'll have to be a little bit more clever in how you try and monetize that. And most people do just kind of really work around Facebook's limitations, like we've done with the sponsored posts where we just, you know, it's just a manual post and we uh, pin it to our announcement section to give, kind of give them a little bit of uh, more visibility. Hmm. Um, but there was also some other options uh that were interesting where facebook has been hinting about trialing this subscription model for groups mm -hmm. so um it sounds like you should be able to either have subgroups or groups that um have a subscription model so people pay to be able to have access to the group right this is mainly you know for guys like content creators you know if you're like a chef and you develop recipes and people can access the recipe videos right. on your page or that kind of stuff so I, I know that there's a lot of challenges in how to really reward these group admins for the work that they're doing. I mean, I've even tried to think about how these things could work for private groups myself. And uh, so I can understand it's a challenge and I'm sure it'll just take a little bit of time for them to really suss out where the possibilities are. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we chatted a while ago about the possibility of kind of a, a pro or golden circle level of subscription where I guess it's yeah. either for higher paying jobs or more specialist jobs or some kind of yeah, worthwhile exactly. premium access was, a, was an option. Yeah. Yeah. I've been kind of holding out, waiting for Facebook to kind of organize that, but apparently the U S gets everything first and we have to just wait. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. You could still do subscriptions via a website via a different platform and then only give people access who pay the subscription. Yeah. So there are ways to kind of get around all the roadblocks that Facebook puts in front of us. Um, but, but hopefully, you know, they've done a lot over the last few years for groups. Like the, the tools that they've rolled out are incredible, dedicated group support. There's lots of stuff that um, they've done to make things easier for groups. So you can really see that there's a massive focus towards um, cultivating communities mm. um, which hopefully means a lot of great things to come in the future. Right. And speaking of, you've just launched or you've turned on the mentorship programs in the Resource Creator Forum. So um, you, t as you know, I thought it was a new thing because I'd never seen it before until I started a group. And then you told me that, no, no, this has been around. How long has mentorship been around for? They launched it in 2018, if I remember correctly. Um, but, and we did kind of, added to the group we didn't really make a big effort in uh punting it at the time but you know considering there's so many people who are struggling to find work uh, i thought it'd be you know good to kind of reignite that conversation so that you know if you're sitting at home and you're feeling like really hopeless about the situation at least you can have a little bit of support and maybe kind of hone some of your skills so the cool thing about the mentorship program from facebook is that you can choose 
lots of different types of mentorship from their menu. They've got loads depending on which type of group you run. So for a jobs group, um, I mean, it could, could be anything from helping people find uh, employment or, um, you know, kind of skills development. Uh, so there's lots of different, I think it's about seven. I can't even remember all of the options. So we chose skill building mm -hmm. um, because because being a creative forum, like I thought that would be a good place to start because it was help, you know, helping people kind of hone their skills, I think is a good, mm, absolutely. good way to help them, you know, get better at what they do. So, and it also kind of, it, it breaks on the barriers and people contacting um, mentors because they're there, they've offered to be yeah. mentors. So already, you know, you're not putting somebody out by asking them to help you. And it's like a semi loosely guided process that they take you through. I mean, it, it needs, it needs a lot of work in my opinion, the way it works. I think they could polish it up uh, somewhat, but at least it's like, it's good for like a little starting point. Sure. Um, so what they basically do is they, Facebook has these like weekly prompts. It, it all happens through uh, messenger and they've got these weekly prompts kind of telling you what to do, like just kind of spurring the conversation on. And it starts off with like a, quite a long period of getting to know each other over the first seven weeks where they just constantly like little prompt you little messages. Oh, don't stop talking, you mm. know, carry on the conversation and like, which is a little silly, but I mean, it gives, it keeps it going. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you go on to like identifying strengths and setting goals and um, making a plan to kind of do whatever you've decided to do with your mentor, whether it be meeting up or like having a little training session or whatever it might be, and then kind of measuring success and celebrating wins at the end. Um, and it finishes after 10 weeks. That's the max. Okay, so, so it's, it's quite like structured. It's a massively long commitment. Yeah. Well, you know, structured, but not like it could be better, but it's, it's there. And it's a, we, we like to use all the tools available to us because, you know, Facebook is quite limiting, um, in terms of what you can do. It's not like you can just build software to have the capabilities. Sure. No, like no a website plugins and stuff like that. Yeah, platform. sure. I am waiting for the mentor bot. Um, it does sound something that's going to be pretty soon. So listen, yeah, get up, get going, you know, like little motivational things, when you taxes, you know. It's like 25 <laughs> years I later. I think I could use that. <laughs> could yeah. be the, the stupid word art paperclip telling you oh, how to no, live your life. But I think, they're, I think they're going to they're gonna brand it. So as, as an example, remember when they used to Snoop Dogg your website? So it'd be, are you guys are familiar with Gary Vee? Eh? Yes. Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, yeah. I can pronounce Gary Vaynerchuk? It. Like imagine uh, his thing. Yeah. Come on, Tessa. Living under Vayne. a rock. <laughs> I don't. Like, um, he's like this kind of, business advice he's a youtuber yeah, whose whole thing is about type. hustling as in uh, okay, and, like, work yourself i'm not really a hustler <laughs> right uh, but uh, i can kind of see that there's a value in something like that in branding it and it's, it's a yeah if it's the right person the right personality yeah, yeah absolutely i mean you can imagine in a in a in a metaverse or whatever it is you've got the rock you know telling you to go to the gym and you know and then chris rock is telling you have you to, seen the rock clock no i have not seen the rock that clock. exists by the way the rock clock. So it's this app that it, you wake up when he wakes up, which is at freaking 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> and then you have to do his workout. And his, his alarm is him just going beep, 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 <laughs> beep. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, like the idea of really actually cool. living some kind of parallel life with some kind of influencer is very interesting, you know. Like, and yeah. where it tells you this is what he's having for breakfast. Of course, you don't weigh 150 kilograms of pure Samoan muscle, you know? So, yeah, the results will vary. I find that a little obscene. That's like, oh, anyway. <laughs> the dude's a branding genius. I think his tequila has just been... Um, Terramano, like yeah. he's, he's breaking records. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Him and uh, old... Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Not Ryan Gosling. The funny one. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> right. Like, they're just killing it. Like, every time I see Ryan Reynolds online, yeah. he's just, you know, it's just a, a different level. They've got his, he's got his own ad agency, and, um, and they do amazing stuff. Really? Mostly based on his celebrity and his sense of humor, yeah. but it is brilliant. I think he sold Aviation Gin for $700 million. Oh, I, think right. he sold, I think he also sold his agency. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, I do have a question on creating your own community. Like, if you had, if I had to start something like, a handsome creative directors mm. group. What would how that work? <laughs> okay, well, um, 
that I can help with because I've learned so many lessons over the years. Uh, Realized that I started the group completely wrong. Like just thinking like, hey, I'm just going to start this group and I'm just going to connect people and it's just going to be awesome and it's going to be easy and uh, turned out to be nothing like I expected. (laughs) So um, I'd say you need to start off with asking yourself some hard questions. Like um, firstly, do you have the skills to make it work because being a group administrator and community manager takes a lot of patience, a thick skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be reasonably good communicator mm-hmm. and you're going to have to be able to deal with conflict. So, you know, if, if you're somebody who kind of gets upset easily or can't moderate themselves to a certain extent, then it's going to be very challenging for you uh, and it'll likely blow up in your face quite quickly. Wow, I'm not for four um, so far. <laughs> you have to, or you need to have somebody with you who you can send messages to and go like, "Hey, is this okay?" And they go, yeah. "No, no, no, no." Like Kaylee sometimes does with me. Don't write that. Write this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or the person so, who says that is not okay. You yes. need to shut that person down. Yes, exactly. Or I'm being too nice, and they tell me I need to be more decisive. Mm. So it's like good to have people uh, in your corner. Mm. Um. Also, you need to decide whether you're available to fully commit to it because um, you shouldn't underestimate how much work it is to do community management. Um, If you want to make it successful, if you just want it to be like a little fun side thing and you basically moderate, you don't moderate it and it's not, if you want to make it a serious thing, you need to commit some serious time because it's it's a long game making money out of a Facebook group and um, yeah, it's hard, it's hard. At times. Can I ask you on your day, because obviously you have your, your day job, um, your, your, the design stuff, the stuff you're passionate about yes. as well. If there's a percentage of your day, um, just oh, to break it gosh. down, because you're saying you said fully commit. I was like, wait a sec. How do you fully commit to something when you've got a day job? Yeah. Well, what I mean with fully commit is that you have to understand that it's not like you can just um, pick up one day and leave the next. Like it's really you have to be on there every day. If, if it's an engaged community. So I'm not there on there all the time. I do carve out parts of my day to really focus on it. It's mostly um, at night I'll do like big things like uh, membership approvals where I can spend the time really looking and vetting at members. Then sporadically during the day just approving posts and sometimes it'll take up more time when we deal with a contentious issue and there's some some of those lovely troublemakers that uh, decide to come and ruin my day. You guys know who you are. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then you have to deal with that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, sometimes it can get quite challenging and then it consumes quite a lot of your time if it's really a difficult situation um, where you have to really be careful about how you handle it. Um, people don't like being censored. So it's, um, it's challenging balancing out that kind of stuff. But it's a good chunk of my day. But I do work quite a long day so you know i make sure that it doesn't affect my design work and i only take on work design work that i can actually do within a certain time frame so i'm I'm lucky enough that because i work for myself i can choose you know how much work i take on and um, make sure that i never overload myself so it's just something you have to really consider like how is this going to fit into your day can you commit a couple of hours or more of your day to running this thing because it's that's what it's going to take once it takes off Hmm. and the job is largely thankless uh but do you receive some thanks i mean you tend to get them in the pinned posts where you say guys we're humans trying to do this job and a lot of you are being schmucks but and then in the comments you'll get like oh we really (laughs) appreciate you tessa and that kind of thing but on a day-to-day basis you know do you get some love Oh, I do sometimes get very sweet messages from people um, and random messages, just people saying like they've been looking for work for so long and they found this an incredible job on the resource and they just wanted to say thank you. So, you know, there are people who actually reach out organically to also say mm. thank you. So that's that that's good. I mean, not that, you know, obviously moving towards monetization, we focusing less on the the warm and fuzzy payment mm-hmm. that we get and we're trying to get more of like a because otherwise we're just going to burn out and it's going to be sad because we don't want the resource to get lost and it's, sure. it's a useful tool for people so um 
So yeah, so this year, this year the thing is going to happen. Right, gonna work on a plan. Good. I think you've, <laughs> yeah. I think you've put the work in with, with twenty two thousand members. Yeah. You know, you're at a point where there's that momentum required. Where if you do produce something with value you can you can get something out and i think that's that's admirable i mean you've been doing this for six years or something insane so yeah 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 it's been a while (laughs) and uh yeah and it might also be time to pull in some more people but also working out like if monetization that's also another thing to consider if you do have a group is that um whether you have a plan for Mm. if this thing becomes big you know what people are you going to get to help you? Like what type of person would you need? Like how do you identify those people in your group? Um, also, if, if the focus is monetization, how are these people getting rewarded? Because um, that's also something I'm thinking about now, you know, pulling in the people who are helping in a kind of financial sense, like help also getting them to have something, get something out of it. Yeah. yeah I guess um, you're now a brand with values and you have to attract people with the same values. So it's all yeah. the stuff that, what's uh, the mission, all the stuff that we do yeah. for our clients. Yeah. Now I have to exactly. apply to, to yourself. Exactly. Yeah, and, and I'm doing it all kind of retrospectively or I did it kind of on the fly as I went because I really didn't understand what running a community was when I started the group. And it's better if you can have that stuff in the beginning, like really have a reality check with yourself, sit and do your pros and cons, go like, what, what do I want out of this? What work am I going to need to put in? What is my plan for um, gaining members? You know, if you're not growing it organically, like we did, we didn't really advertise the group or anything. So it kind of just grew organically. Yeah. But if you're wanting to monetize it, you want to get as many members as possible. Sure, you know? sure. And then understanding what monetizing tools are available to you, uh, especially relating to closed and public groups, because there are a lot more monetization options for public groups at the moment. So it's just the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, important things like, um, you know, are you going to be interacting on the group as yourself or do you want to interact on the group as a brand? Mm-hmm. So we created a, a Facebook page to kind of interact on the group as like a third party, right? Uh, which I think helps a little bit, you know, when things get a little bit rough, yeah. you know, it feels a little bit more official. Yeah. Also, you've got a lot of content you can post on your Facebook page with a lot more monetization options if you've gained a big following on the, on the page that you can then share onto your private groups if need be. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of little kind of back end weird circumvention things that you have to do sometimes right. to make Facebook work for you. Um, but yeah, you need to do research. Yeah. Speaking of research, do you have any websites that you go to for this kind of information or any resources? Um, I try to these days just um, mostly Google questions that I have because it's really difficult to find Facebook content on the Facebook support because <laughs> it almost seems like they want to make it as difficult as possible mm. for you to find this information. I do have a few links I can share with you that you can put at the bottom. Great. Most of them are still related to content creators and pages. Mm-hmm. But like I said, Facebook is rolling out these tools for groups as well so that they're likely to be similar and they'll have the similar restrictions or, or prerequisites like you know, your amount of group members or right. how much engagement you get on your group. So it's very important to build up that stuff and building up a page with a lot of followers and, you know, people who want to, you know, engage their content there is, is going to be really good and count in your favor if you then start a group later. So, right. or you could just do what I did and just like wing it all the way and just, <laughs> you know. Well, that, okay, that's what I've Take done. six years yeah. of free labor. Okay, let, let me <laughs> you abuse know? your six years of free labor here for knowledge. <laughs> So um, recently, you know, as we've talked about in the in the chats, I've been going on this podcasting mission, and and what I realized is that there is no, you know, there's no proper Facebook group to support podcasters in South Africa. So I've created a group called the Podcasting Guild of South Africa. Thank you to Lucas for the name. Art directors always come up with the best names because the previous one was terrible, and um, and that group started. I think people called SAPS. Yeah, it's like South African podcasting. or something like that yeah, yeah, society. yeah. Like, no it was either psa or sap yeah. it was all like cia it was all well-known acronyms so at least pgsa sounds like a thing and there's no i mean this it's probably like a golf association or something who knows podcasting in south africa has got a long way to go still and we want to accelerate 
that process. It's on currently on three members, uh, which is myself and Lucas, and then someone who joined today. That's our first member. So the question is, starting from zero, what are the first steps? Because you said in our previous interview that you basically shared it with your your community, which are by and large creatives, and some of them are freelancers, fair enough. But I don't actually have know a lot of podcasters. It's a bit of a lonely life right now. So what would you suggest? Well, I also shared it on, we had this little, it's still going, the group, but it's it's kind of been replaced by the Resource Creative Forum, not on purpose, but just by default. it happened. Yeah. We had this little group called um, uh, 95ers or something like that. And I shared it on, oh, the five o'clockers. It was called the five o'clockers. And we, I shared it on there. And that was like a really secret little group of, uh, freelancers that all like you had to be a freelancer and like everybody knew each other um so I shared it on there and that kind of really ignited it and initially we only had a lot of people from Cape Town joining and then it took quite a while to get it out because my network obviously grew from Cape Town mm, I didn't sure. really know many Joba creatives so I would suggest um you know getting permission from other groups who mm -hmm. have a similar communities because yours are so specialized. I don't think it would be a problem. Mm -hmm. um, you know, ask people if you can share uh, the, the community on those groups, because that's obviously already a targeted audience and you're likely to find other people. Yeah. So any kind of, um, I suppose sound engineering groups or, you know, any affiliated kind of yeah, communities sure. would be a good place. Yeah. Then just word of mouth will do a lot of the work. Mm. Uh, you just talk about it a lot, tell people about it. If someone encounters a problem, you know, if you see a job, somebody posts, oh, we're starting a podcast, you go like, hey, come join our group. Yeah. Search community. the hashtags, I guess. Come, you know? Yeah. As long as the group owners know you're doing that and they don't end up booting you because they think you're hijacking the place. Yeah. Join so and advertise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's also another option, obviously, to do it like you would advertise any other thing. Mm. So you'd start social media channels where you can punt it and, um, you know, boost post, grow all that kind there. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of follows the same principles. Yeah. There might be something in some Facebook media, if only if you can segment enough that you're not just going people over 40, that you can say, you know, this age, interested in podcasting, follow these groups. If you can really get down to a, quite a niche audience, then maybe it might be worth putting a little bit of money behind it. Have you ever done that for the resource? Yeah. It's all been organic. Right? I haven't. Um, yeah, we haven't really needed to. We get we get a lot of um, requests, and it is better for us, considering that we're not really interested in growing the group rapidly over growing a good quality group. We we prefer referrals because you know, those people are the right people. Otherwise we end up declining like thousands of requests every day for people. Cause they see Facebook, sometimes they just, uh, you know, when you do advertising, they can just advertise to the wrong market mm. and then you get house cleaners and drivers and, mm. you know, all the wrong people trying to apply to the group and that ends up just causing you more work. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for a very specialized group, I think, um, organic growth is good, right? you know, and social media channels, people will only kind of follow you if they're interested in whatever content you're providing. So you've already got a good group there as well. Sure. One thing that I'm, I'm trying to do is that, uh, when you create a group, there's a section for guides. So I'm putting together a, a series of, you know, for beginners of podcasting, for people interested in tech and equipment, for online tools and resources. Like, do you find, do you have those? I mean, there is a guide section on the resource. Um, do you use it for that purpose or how do you use the guide um, section? I, the, the guide section, the, I have considered using the guide section for content, for like cool content, but mainly as an option to do branded content, talking to like specialized agencies to create some nice branded content that could live there for a time. Mm -hmm. um, I've mainly used the guides, started using the guides when COVID hit um, and everybody was really struggling. Uh, to post information about COVID resources and, and that kind of stuff. And I think I did a little bit of a thing about side hustling uh, because the economy was just like has been bad forever mm. for our industries. Um, so posting like all these little ways that you can earn passive income and that kind of stuff. 
So you can use it for any number of things. I mean, it's, it's quite a fun little tool. And so the cool thing is you can kind of design it the way you want it, you know, add your own imagery. And um, yeah, so that's definitely a useful little asset. It's good for the forum. Yeah, for the jobs group, I don't know if it'll just, I suppose you could have things like um, how to prepare for an interview or how to create a sure, resumes standout and CV and things like that. So, yeah. Sure. But again, that's also something that's just a Google away. So, that, I mean, the power of the group obviously is the community itself. Um, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It is. It is really. Yeah. Just on the jumping back quickly to the mentorship thing, I've been through the mentors or the people who have signed up as mentors in that group, and they all seem very accomplished people. Are you getting any feedback from them that people are getting involved that are contacting them? It's it's a bit difficult for I think for young people to to approach. Hmm people you know older more experienced people um we've only really had one kind of lifetime pairing so far on the mentorship probably because i haven't really made an effort to punt it mm. um but the feedback is that the the process needs a little bit of work and on facebook side the prompts are a bit awkward um but i think it's mainly that people are quite shy sure. you know when you don't know what you're doing that um it makes it difficult to make that first move and it is the mentee that has to make the first move. Right. So uh, we need to do a little bit of work in terms of that to encourage people and tell them not to be afraid and really just um, it's completely private. I don't know if they're aware of the fact that we can't see what's going on between the mentee and the mentor. Right. So they, you know, and they can end it at any time if they don't like it. There's a little button you can just go end mentorship if somebody's being inappropriate. <laughs> like right. asking you to come feed their cats on the weekend or whatever the case may be. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's because we've only really reignited it now. We need to really have a more of a game plan to try and encourage young people to do it because it's really those inexperienced folks who, who need it most. With what we spoke about with learning new skills and skill stacking, pick something that's not what you do that you're interested in and ask for a mentor in that realm because then it's okay to be clueless. Yeah. And if it doesn't have to be, it's not, it's not designed to clearly to be like a very formal mentorship mm. on these groups. It's like a little, little applet. It just starts a conversation. It just prompts you to kind of carry on having this discussion. And it's really up to both parties to engage with each other. It's just a little icebreaker, sure. really. Sure. So it creates a little, an avenue and also the mentors can advertise themselves. So you can go and see who these people are mm -hmm. before kind of volunteering to be learnt, taught by them because right. um, and we've got a nice uh, variety of people there i mean copywriters there's a big recruiter that's on there who could potentially help uh, people with their cvs and help them you know gain the skills that are required in the market there was a specialist in scaling your business and all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah all sorts of stuff i i hope that it'll pick up uh, after a while and then you know if facebook doesn't improve on this mentorship program then who knows maybe at one point we'll have a website and it'll be a much better process designed by us yeah for these mentors and mentees totally so i'm just a, a cognizance of, of time here so i mean i guess if i could if i could amateurishly sum up what you've said about community is that number one you need to know that it's a it's a lot of work you need to know what your purpose is going into it um you need to kind of have a plan for when it does grow. We don't have to, but it helps to have a plan for what's going to happen when it does grow and to be prepared for a long takeoff because these things do take time to grow and it does spread by word of mouth and it's very organic. There aren't a lot of ways that you can um, rocket to massive size on a, in a Facebook community group, I don't think. Uh, Instagram can be hacked. Well, Twitter can, can be hacked. Oh, yeah? Tell me more. No, you can't. If it's a public group and it's completely open and you don't care about who joins the group, you can grow. The the Facebook renovating moms, although they are a little bit selective over who they add to the group, although it is broader mm. and they've turned it into a whole big brand and they're doing brand. Yeah. My wife is a huge fan of renovating moms. Oh, I love it. I only got onto it um, late last year when we started planning my renovation. It's incredible. So you can, if it's, if it's something that hasn't been done before and you can find a way to do it in a new way or, you know, you've got a lot of people to help you with a very big group and you can handle it, then 
Yeah, then you can totally do it. It really depends on what, how curated you want the group to be, really. Right. Like if uncurated groups can grow quickly uh, and that, that has the benefit of having a bigger audience. So you might be able to access monetization tools faster. Sure. Um, whereas having a curated group will grow the quality of your group much more. You might be able to monetize in a different way by like selling them content that they're really interested in. Right, right. Um, like courses and that kind of stuff. Mm. So it really, it's, it's a, you know, can slice it a bunch of different ways. Sure, absolutely. Luke, any, anything else from your side? Any questions for Tessa you can think of? No, that was it. Um, but like, I, I'm hoping to end this thing on like a kind of positive 2022 vibe. <laughs> absolutely. Vibe. Um, <laughs> oh, so I fuck cool. with 2022, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll get Lucas to do some artwork for that. We'll put it in the post. I don't know if you allow Sounds I fuck good. with 2022 as a post in the resource forum. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, you have a rule? We, we just had a post. No, no, not on the forum. I don't, I don't really like, I mean, it's, it's, do people get offended when you say fuck these days? Do they? I don't know, but they should be cancelled if they do. We just, we just had a post where it was that, that girl singing that song, um, uh, that it costs us much because it takes me fucking hours. I don't know if you guys have heard <laughs> that one yet. No, no. <laughs> so, no. Literally was posted it's yesterday, so clearly I have no problem with profanity as long as you're not using the serious. Yes. Like you know, you know, we know. There's we limits. Know you all know the rules. And we know what's you live in a culture. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Tessa. It was so nice to catch up again and to to hear how the resource is doing and to suck out all the hints and tips from your brain that we could. Hopefully, post COVID 2022, we'll bring some new and exciting things that we can talk about. Yeah. So we can get off this uh, all this old COVID nonsense. Totally. Here's to that. Cool. Thanks so much, Tessa. Thanks, guys. 